8:58. Jesus said to them, "Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am." Everybody, y'all doing all right? It's the Lord's day, ain't it? That's a real good day, ain't it? <clears throat> we get to come together and worship the King. Thank you, Timothy, for that song. You know, thank you, Lord, right, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've done for me and for you and for the whole wide world. Amen? He's given people the chance to live forever. There's going to come a day where Jesus Christ comes back. And it's going to be over. And for those who are outside of the body of Christ, the sad thing, brethren, is they will live forever also. But in another place that's separated from God and the love and joy and happiness. What a responsibility, and I want to talk about it a little bit today. About what a great responsibility we have as Christians to go and spread the Gospel. I want to begin a new series, and the series is called... The I Am series. Discovering who Jesus is. I'm really excited about this study because what we will see is in the book of John, if you started from the beginning and you worked all the way through, you will see Jesus Himself tell you who He is. And it is a, a wonderful study. And I want to start in John chapter 8. If you would turn to John chapter 8. And we're going to look at verses 52 through 59. We're not going to be there long, but we are going to start right there. And as you're turning there, let me just go ahead and get us into the context. Jesus is going back and forth with the Jews. In verses 37 through 47, He's talking about how uh, the Jews say that their father is Abraham and that their father is God. And Jesus tells them that your father is not Abraham and your father is not God, but you do do the works of your father. Verse 44 says, You are your father, you are, you are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. You know that made them happy. You know that was something that probably brought some joy into their heart to realize that Jesus blatantly calls their father Satan. In verse 48, the Jews are disgusted with Jesus and they answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? They're just trying to say anything now to hurt Jesus' feelings. They're angry with Him. They're upset. And Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father. Verse 49. And you dishonor me. 
And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. In verse 51, Jesus says a powerful statement. He says, Most assuredly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. That brings us into the context. Now watch what happens in verse 52. Then the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you say, If anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who is dead? And the prophets are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that He is your God. Yet you have not known Him, but I know Him. And if I say I do not know Him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do, not, I do know Him and keep His word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and you have seen Abraham? You're not even 50 years old and you're telling me that you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Look at what it says in verse 59. Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them, and he passed by. What has Jesus just said? Think about it. Who is Jesus saying without even flinching, without even any hesitation? Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. Who is I am? Who is this I am? Well, in order for us to figure that out, we need to go to the Bible. Amen? I'm so thankful that we have God's Word to be able to answer our questions. And boy, we had a great class that we're going to have to look to the Scriptures to to find some answers in Bible class. I encourage you to come and be a part of our Bible class because we had a great study today talking about the Lord's Supper, as James said. The answers to our questions are in the Scriptures. Amen? Turn with me, if you would, to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, and we're not going to look at uh, all of the story, but I do want us to look at this real quick to kind of get our understanding of who I am is. Jesus makes a very bold statement, enough so that the Jews pick up stones to throw at Him, to stone Him. Exodus chapter 3, we see the story of Moses at the burning bush. Moses was tending his father-in-law's flock and led them to the mountain of God called Horeb. And there he sees a burning bush that is not being consumed. Could you imagine seeing something like that? A bush that's not burning up, it's just continually burning. But look at verses 4 through 6. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, 
God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. God talks from the bush and tells Moses to remove his feet because where he stands is holy. You know the story. God then goes on and he says that I've heard the cries of my people and I'm about to set them free. And Moses, you're the man. You're the one that's going to deliver them. And Moses says in verse 11, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? In verse 12, God says, I will certainly be with you. Moses then says, So when I come to the children of Israel and and tell them that the God of their fathers has come, what is the name that I'm going to give them? What shall I say your name is? Look at verses 14 and 15. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. My name is I am. Jesus, moving into the New Testament, makes a huge statement. He says that, I am. They know what that means. They know who that is. That is the God of the Old Testament. Yahweh. He tells them that He is the same God of Abraham, the same God of Isaac, and the same God of Jacob. Now, in order for us to understand this series the right way, in order for us to go any further into it and understand these I am statements of God, this has to be the first foundation. This statement, Jesus says, I am. And we must understand this. John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. This Word was God. Well, who is that Word? John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the Word. And the Word is God. When we think of God Almighty, 
And Jesus, consider what Jesus says in John 10, 30. He says, I and my Father are one. Again, in this context, this is a, this is a really important thing. In John chapter 10, verse 30, he makes this statement. And then Jesus says, they pick up stones to stone him again. This is the second time. We just read the first time, just not two chapters later, he's getting stones about to be thrown at him again. And Jesus says, for all the good works that I've done, which one are you going to stone me for? Which one of the good works are you going to stone me for that you've seen me do? And in John 10, 33, the Jews answered and they said, for a good work we don't stone you. We're not about to stone you for a good work, but for blasphemy. And because you being a man, make yourself God. Hang with me, brethren. I got a point, I promise. Hang with me. What am I trying to establish? What are you trying to do, Matt? What I'm trying to tell y'all, brethren, is Jesus is God. I'm not telling it. The Word is telling it. And that is so important for us as Christians. And if you'll hang with my lesson, you'll see what I'm talking about. But these people, these Jews, understood what it meant to be blasphemous against God. Blasphemy was speaking evil against. It was speaking slanderous things against a name. It was reproachful or abusive towards some type of name. In Leviticus 24, 16, here's what the law stated. Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. Jesus said it because it was. There wasn't no denying who He was. So this morning we stand at this thought. Either Jesus is a liar and somebody who isn't telling the truth or He's exactly who He says He is. If we believe what the Bible says, then it speaks for itself, amen, every time. If, if we believe that the Bible is the truth, then we see that Jesus is not a liar and He is telling us the truth. And the fact is... He is the great I am. And I want us to, for the rest of the time, for just a few minutes, look at really what that means. It is a blessing, brethren. This is a blessing. And I want us to answer two questions. The first is this. What does it mean to be the great I am? What does it mean to be the great I am? The first thing is, it means there is no equal. There is no equal. If you place God on one side of an equal symbol, look, here's the equal symbol, right? You put God on one side, what do you put on the other? What is equal to God? Nobody. Nothing can be put on the other side except God. Amen? I am equals I am. Look at this verse, Isaiah 40, 18. To whom then 
will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to Him? Who are you going to compare to God? Nobody. There is nobody. Can y'all think of anybody that you know that you would even kind of get close to comparing to God? Absolutely not. Jesus said it because that's who He was. It's a bold statement to say that you are God Almighty. There is no equal. He sits alone by Himself, amen? But look at what Paul says in Philippians 2, 6 and 7. Who being in the form of God. Who being in the form of God didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. There is no equal when it comes to the great I Am. The name also gives you the understanding, not only is there no equal, but He's completely independent. And I've talked about this in Bible study some. Think about it. What does God need from us to make Him better? Nothing. Does He really need anything from us? Does He need me to do something so He can be better? No. He's already the best, isn't He? I am the best is what He is. He's completely independent. He relies on nothing for life or existence. Look at what Isaiah 40, 28 says. And if you have time, read Isaiah chapter 40. It's a great chapter. Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He don't get tired. He don't get weary. We know Jesus did, right? Because He humbled Himself and came as a man to save us. But He's God. There is no equal. And He's completely independent. Life is in Himself. Look at what He says in John 5, 26. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son to have life in Himself. So what does it mean to be the great I Am? There is no equal. And He's completely independent. Life is in Himself. But now I want to get to the second question. I've done all this work. I've set this all up for this point. Why does it matter to me? Great job, Matt. You set it up. You've proved that God is Jesus. You're awesome at finding scriptures and doing this right. It's a great, you've done a good job on your homework. But why does that matter to me? I mean, because the name I am has another dimension to it. Oh, I love the Lord. 
It means that God is the becoming one. Now wait a minute, Matt. I thought you said God don't change. He don't. He never changes. But God becomes whatever we need. God becomes whatever we're lacking in. See, the more you study God's Word, the more you understand who He is and what He's about. He's about you. He's about taking care of you. He's about making you successful. He's about you. All of these other ancient gods, they could care less. They made these gods up because men made them up and these gods always needed the people to benefit themselves, to make them better. God doesn't need that. God made you in His own image so you could glorify Him and show others what it means to be His child. As we walk with Him in our life, He becomes whatever. That's why He's called I Am. The name I Am gives you the ability to fill in the blank, right? It gives you the ability to fill in the blank to meet our need. And that's what we're going to look at these next several weeks is filling these blanks in. Think about it. When we're in darkness, Jesus says, I am the light. When we're hungry, He says, I am the bread of life. Amen? When I'm defenseless, when I don't know what to do, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what does it say? I'll fear no evil because why? You're with me. When I'm defenseless, he says, I am the good shepherd. God is the becoming one. He becomes what we need. When Israel needed a leader, he raised up Moses. When they needed water in the desert, he supplied it from where? A rock. When they needed food for the wilderness wandering, He gave it in the form of what? Manna. When mankind needed a Savior from our sins, here comes Jesus. No matter what the situation, no matter what the drama, no matter what the sadness, no matter what the struggle... Whatever comes your way, the great I am is always there for us. Man, that's encouraging to me, brethren. But here's a question that you need to ask yourself. Are you looking to Him? Are you looking to Him for those things that you need? Are you looking for, to Him to be your comforter? Because the Bible tells us that His hands are waiting to become whatever we need in our time of affliction. He has provided 
for the needs of the suffering saints. Read this verse. Use this verse. Let it be a part of you this week. As you pick your different five, and I hope you continue to do that, pick five brethren, pray for them, and use this verse. Because look at what it says. And my God, my God, is it your God? My God shall supply all your need. All your need. According to His riches. In glory by Christ Jesus. So think about it as we close. God's name is both an announcement and an introduction. I like that. It's an announcement and an introduction. The name I am announces God's presence. Who He is and where He comes from. From everlasting to everlasting, amen? But the name also invites any who are interested to know Him and to see how much He cares and loves you and that He is with you. We may feel at times that God can do nothing more for us. We may be mad at God. We may even feel like He hasn't even done nothing for me. Here I am struggling. Where are you at? Where are you at, God? You going to leave me out on the island like this? You going to leave me to fend for myself? But brethren, we have a promise from His Word that He will supply all your need. But you got to do your part. Are you praying? Are you reading? Are you studying? Are you continuing it when you feel anxious, when you feel down? Are you continuing to do it? Are you praying for others? Are you reaching out for the ones who are struggling right now? Are you putting your arm around them, maybe not able to fix it, but are you there for them? Doing whatever you can to support them? The Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens. You know what bear means? Be a part of it. Man, when I'm down and out, there's no better feeling than somebody being right there with me. Amen? I know they can't fix it. I know they can't change it. And they may not have the words to comfort me. But boy, their presence is something special. Game changing. I want to leave you with this. I'm excited about this series, y'all. This will change our lives if we allow it to. Matthew 11, 28 says this, Come to me. Don't go anywhere else. Don't go chase happiness anywhere else because you ain't going to get it 
anywhere else. You're not going to get peace. You're not going to get it anywhere else. Come to me, all you who labor, and all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Maybe you're here this morning and you need rest. Maybe you're here this morning and you're struggling. Maybe you need prayers. Maybe you need to obey the gospel. Don't wait any longer. We're not promised nothing. A vapor. It's here and it's gone. Jesus gives us the warning to be ready. What better way to get ready than to have your sins washed away and be added to His body and receive all the spiritual blessings that come in Christ. All spiritual blessings. Forgiveness of sins. Redemption. Reconciliation. All of those things come in Christ Jesus. But you can't do it until you've obeyed the gospel. Believe in who Jesus is. Repenting of your sins, turning from the way that you've been living. Confessing His name. That you believe that He's the Son of God. That you believe that He's the Christ. Being baptized in water for the remission of your sins. The forgiveness of your sins. Being added to His body and living a faithful life for Him. Producing fruit. Showing others the family that you're a part of. Maybe you're here and you just need to be comforted and, and loved on and hugged. Maybe you're just not in the right place. Whatever it is, don't wait till tomorrow. Come right now. Together we stand and sing.